Okay, here we are at the Milwaukee Cycle Salvage Podcast, and this is the Six O'Clock Club. Oh, is that tasty. That is so freaking good. New Glarus Brewing Company Road Slush Stout. <laughs> Love it. If that's not a Wisconsin <laughs> beer for winter. They're... They get it right from the gutter. <laughs> and what do you have? You've got... Point. The Point Premium. Yes. Rup beer. Not yes. just a rup beer, but a premium rup yep. beer. Yep. I am doing dry march. And so good half, for you on ha- that. Halfway through. I am not, so I don't have to worry about that. This is the third year in a row, so it's uh, easy. You know, I, my wife and I, we did it many, many years ago. We sadly chose a time to do it when we went to a music, a huge camping music festival, and watching uh, three thousand people drunk and high as a kite and being completely sober was actually really interesting. <laughs> So I took friends out for birthday. I, I was the driver, designated yeah. driver on right. Saturday. And I thought it was quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, I didn't have to pay admission and it was a great show. You know, my, my, I do partake in cannabis and my wife, yeah, not so much. And she's like, I have so much fun just watching you. Cause I just, I am laughing and laughing and I am so giggly. Yeah, high entertainment value. Exactly. I was like, but for me, once you, just like when you're drunk, you come down off that and you realize, oh, nobody else is. So it's it's always good to go in pairs. So tonight's subject is? Yes. Is uh, not pairs. <laughs> is not apples. No, no. Not beer. Changing handlebars on a bike. Yes. Which is my biggest problem with my wife's bike right now because I cannot, I, I thought it was a lot simpler. So why might people change their handlebars? Why, yeah. why do you want to change the handlebars on, on so her bike? So I, she's got a 78 CB 550F, um, and I want it to look more cafe style. Did and it have original bars on it when you got it? It did. And actually, so I am keeping the bars on it, but I'm redoing all the components. I think they're the original bars. The guy might have, because he said he tried starting it to switch it out as a cafe bike. And that's where he was selling it cheap because he couldn't, it just wasn't functioning properly. So I took it and thought, all right, this is going to be simple. Everything's pretty much the same, but I'm going to put on different components, different grips, you know, get rid of half of the electronics on it, just don't need it. But apparently she won't get rid of the ignition. I said, it's got a kickstart anyway. Um, Way, way more complicating than so, what I thought it was. So there's other ways you can take care of an, uh, an ignition. But so, yes. so, so some of the reasons people might change handle bars is because they want to put taller bars on, shorter bars. Okay. Uh, they might want to pull back a little bit more so that they're a little bit more comfortable on for a bike sure. for a long ride. For sure. Uh, beach bars are come out and sweep around. So I thought those were like... Weren't those also called the steers, like the the cattle steers or the longhorns? It could. I haven't heard it termed oh, like that, but, but anyway, I could picture it same that Same idea. Way. Yep. Uh, so to turn them out or uh, they might go after 100% style like rabbit ear bars or whatever that go up and then drop down. So so there's a ton of things that go with changing for each of the bars, but it's, it's finding the bars that you're going to be comfortable with on the bike, whether it's for aesthetics or whether it's for comfortable comfort. So that you're going to ride the bike because just like a helmet, if the handlebars aren't comfortable, you're not going to like riding. Sure, it. sure. So. And 
I thought that when I'm putting on this different stuff, I'm not putting on big ape hangers. You know, that's crazy. Have you ever ridden a bike with those? Yep. I assume so. Yeah, we have to. (laughs) Yeah, I I assume so. They're my least favorite. They, I don't know how people can ride those. My least favorite here because we're not up at road speed. So when when you're riding with a tall bar like that, you don't steer a bike, you lean a bike. Right. So in a slow turn or whatever, here when we're handling a bike in, in the bike barn or moving around in the shop, it's difficult because you don't have the same leverage as you do on a bike that's lower. It's not for me. I get it. I think it's a a huge cultural thing and it's just not for me, but it's interesting that how much, how much of a, when can you say, okay, these, the new bars are going to be off by a quarter inch. Nobody really cares. They're going to be off by four feet. Well, obviously we've got something going on here. At what point do you need to say, this is pretty, you know, how much of a difference can you get away with from stock to an aftermarket handlebar? So we have, uh, what, are, what are we working on right now? We're working on a 99 uh, Harley uh, Springer Softail okay. that we got the bike in. The handlebars on it were damaged. Okay. So I put a set of handlebars on it that I liked, thought looked really sexy with the Springer front end and fit the, the look of the bike. Uh, we just sold the bike. The guy didn't like my handlebars that I picked out. <laughs> so we're... So we took other handlebars. I had him sit on the bike, and I took other handlebars, put them where he wanted oh, where, nice. where, where he wanted his hands to be. Oh, First of all, I said, where do, you, where do you want your hands to be? And then I put the lines together, and I went and picked four handlebars, brought them over, and said, okay, let's see where we are. So now I can take those, and then I go through and take a look at the measurements of the, the handlebars yeah. that I can order from and get the exact bars that he wants. That so, is so cool. But it's just easy. You know, that's the easy way to do it. Plus, right. we, we've done it a ton of times. So so for him, I'm looking for handlebars then that will fit on his bike without having to change the cables. Because usually, if, if somebody's going to go and put ape hangers on a bike, they look, they'll look on Amazon. They'll see a set of handlebars for 150 Oh, yeah, I can do 150 yeah, yeah, bucks. Yeah. But when we tell them they should budget between twelve and 1500 bucks. <laughs> They fall over and they go, you're nuts. The handlebars are only 150, but it's all the cables, the brake lines. 100%. The, the, That's the, exactly it, what I found. And then I even was like, okay, so I need different cables. So I start ordering on Amazon, different cables, and realizing that so many parts are custom on one side of the throttle cable and custom on the other side of the throttle cable. And there's a pull. Hers has got the push-pull. Yep. So it's double complicated for me. And then I thought, all right, I need to get a smelting machine and start making these things for myself. And then I thought, hmm, I think I know somebody who would be more than willing to get me out of this sticky situation. So if you're doing something on a Harley to change the cable length uh, is pretty easy because people customize Harley so often. Oh, I, that's I go, true. I can go to a catalog and I can pick cables. Usually it's over. So I can okay. pick them two over, four over, six over, eight over, ten over, based on the height of the handlebar. Going to uh, any other bike, usually I just get the cables made. Um, there's okay. a company I can go to, and it doesn't even pay for me to do it because I can get them done so really? so professionally well. We have wow. so so many other things to do. I thought for sure you guys would have. I mean, some of these ones are like two hundred, three hundred dollars. 
you know, for like an ad, a do it at home kit. And I'm thinking, yeah, if you do enough bikes, yeah, that, that could be worth it. I'm surprised you guys don't have. So customer, ca- customer price on a custom cable is like 75 bucks. That's not bad. No, when a stock one, um, if I'm ordering even s- some of the ones out of the catalogs, if I'm ordering them, you're looking at 30, 45, 50 bucks. I think I've got, cable. and you're going to end up with them. Let's be honest. I think I ordered four or five different ones on Amazon. Obviously, none of them worked. Otherwise, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> Go on Amazon. <laughs> but, um, and it's hard too, because again, it's such an old bike. Who knows what's been switched on it? I don't know. Your mechanics would know. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at it saying, this is all stock. So now I'm going on Amazon saying, these are, I need longer cables or shorter, or whatever. Uh, $75, that's a hell of a steal. That is a real hell of a steal for, because I mean, if you really look at, and if you're not familiar with, for those who aren't familiar with how those cables work, there's, you know, to describe it best, there's like a a BB on each end Mm -hmm. and that BB is somewhat proprietary, you know, different, different bikes have different ends to the cables. So it's not one size fits all. Amazon says you can get these little sets where you screw it in, which is a bunch of bullshit. I know that's not going to work when you're going down the road and you really crank on it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and then other ones, they heat it up yourself. You put this little thing on, tighten the screw, you heat it up and it melts. But my theory, my logic is that increase of thermal temperature on that cable, that's not meant for direct flames. And, you know, so it's, so you've got the two beads on each end. We're trying to just put handlebars on and you got flame going and you got science (laughs) shit going on here. We're just trying to put cables on a bike. Let's keep it simple. It's in pieces. Yes. Keep it simple, silly. Yes. yes. So, and then what the coolest part about it is you really don't realize, like you you see the cable and there's a plastic sheath on it. And that sheath has, what, maybe an inch, two inches of give. And that's... The, the, the sheath has no give. There's well, the, the, the amount that it slides. Yes, it slides. So the, the cable, cable slides, slides inside. inside of it, you yep. know, protecting the cable. And yep. it gives it that give play to it. All of those things, you've got the, the beads on the end. You've got the cable and the diameter and all that shit and the length. And then you've got to put this sheath on it, too. So then the the items that are receiving the cable on your handlebars uh, also accept different ends to, yes. to the cable, the sheath that's around the cable, so you have to have the correct size. So 75 bucks. I send it off. If the correct cable comes, I put it on. So that could so I nice. make them? Yes. But it's just one more thing. When I have so many other things that I'm doing sure. on a bike, it's just easier to send off. And, and they're really quick, too. Yeah, so no, that's they're, super. They're for seventy five dollars is what you're is about what you're charging. Yep. that's really reasonable. You yep. know. So okay, next bar diameter. I had no idea. I knew seven eighths and one inch and one and a quarter, one and a half. So yes. Um, In Har- what country? <laughs> Harley. Really. Yep. So, so most bikes, them. most bikes are seven eighths and one inch. Yep. Except. BMW. BMW does their own thing. You can't go <gasps> no. and uh, just buy grips and put them on a BMW set of handlebars. You have to buy BMW grips. Why would I'm okay? I why would they do that, that Ron? <laughs> because they're smarter than us somehow, and I haven't figured out why. That is so frustrating. Yep. So we had a customer that wanted some really nice Kiriakin 
uh, ISO grips that help take the vibration out. For sure. Uh, I just took a quick look. I looked at the handlebars and go, oh, they're one inch. We went to put them on. We couldn't put enough material on for them to stay on the bike. So um, we that we sucks. we called the BMW dealership in town and they said, uh, yeah, you can't do it. There must be an engineering reason for that, that they haven't said like. Yeah, because they want to sell you their grips. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's the I mean, I'm sitting reason. here with an Apple computer and an Apple phone, so yeah. Okay. So one and a quarter and one and a half are predominantly on Harleys. And okay. in the grip on the top of the triple trees where the handlebars are clamped on, it's still, whether it's one and a quarter or one and a half, it's still one inch there. And where all the controls go on the end of the handlebars, it's still one inch there. So when you're putting ape hangers on a bike, if you're putting this these huge set of handlebars on and you're only doing it in a one-inch handlebar, it just doesn't look right. So when we're doing it on, on a bagger, I always suggest going up to one and a quarter. It just it looks beefy. Oh, wow. It looks better. Um, it just fits, oh, fix no the bike kidding. so much, so much better. I and cannot, it's easier to push the wires through when we're pulling the wires through also. I cannot wait to bring Alyssa's bike in. I really can't. Last time, so I go home and I produce a podcast and I listen to it probably a total of three or four times. And every time I'm just, I'm saying, why, why did I not bring my bikes in for the winter? You know, why? But anyway, okay, moving on. So, so one of the things in maximum height on ape hangers if you care, you should check with your local state. Each state is a little bit different. They, some states measure it from uh, the top of the seat. Some states measure it that your hands can't be above, above your eyes. <laughs> that is awesome. Was there a bear in your beard? Because a bear just truly came out. If you have a if you if right now, listeners, you're debating. I wonder where Holly stands on local laws and ordinances. Yeah. Yep. So check with, um, you you have to check with your local uh, state in order to find out. So especially if you're going down to like Daytona, um, or if you're going to Sturgis, you want to find out what the laws are between your state and there, because if you're going to Daytona Ooh. or Sturgis, you will get stopped. And Holy you won't shit. be able to ride your bike when they stop you. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Yep. Wow. So oh, you, that would suck. You may be king of the road in your own state yeah. and be able to get by with it because Barney Fife knows you and he lets you keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going out of state, be prepared. Okay. Um, wow, that's that's really interesting. Um, okay, so... Uh, so let's see, 15 inches above the seat, we have a few the states here that I have, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, Maine, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, South Dakota, Wyoming. It sounds, and, you sound like you're like the gambling commercial, you know, or it's like this big, long speed thing. Speed them up. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Uh, so hand grips must be below shoulder height. That's Nebraska. But it, Wait, ne okay. <laughs> so, so grips must be below. So let's go... Uh, 15 inches above has handlebar fastening point. So that's at the top. So now that's one you can play with because the fastening point is the riser. So now if I get a taller riser, oh. that's the fastening point. So now I can go, that's in 
Washington and Wisconsin. Wisconsin seems a little liberal there because they're wow. leaving some. Uh, 30 inches above the seat is Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that's where the Longhorns hang out, actually, huh? And then in California, can't be above the operator's eyes. So if you're short, get a booster oh seat. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy. 30 so, inches? Yeah. That's like my five-year-old. <laughs> But so, so, so because sometimes what they'll do is drop the seat and raise the bars so that the appearance oh, looks more. Yeah, if yeah. you can only have certain height bars, they'll drop the seat. I okay. What's your in your opinion? You know, you're more. I am. And very, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has one, <laughs> right? So I am definitely more liberal leaning. You're more conservative leaning. And I don't want to say I'm usually right. Just because I'm am. an engineer, male from Wisconsin. What's that? Just because I'm an engineer male from Wisconsin. You're and a business it. owner. Okay. <laughs> but where do you stand on this? Do you think it's like, come on, who gives a shit? If you want a 20-foot tall ape hangers, you do you. Make the bike yours. Right. If so you, you're against if you, that. If you can handle it. Right. If you can't handle it, drive past so I can laugh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's And here's the frustrating thing. I used to work for um, a Harley dealership when I was straight out of high school. And one of... Uh, the very high ups with Harley would get his bikes from there every year. And he was 78 years old and the bike took, now I was, um, you know, so I was 18 and I weighed six feet tall still, but I only weighed like a hundred pounds. I was just a string bean. And I sat on the bike and two Harley mechanics had to push this big ass bagger because there was so much chrome on it. So my job was cleaning them up. So I get the bike cleaned up. We bring it around front. The guy falls in love with it. First stoplight. They call us up and say, hey, you got to go pick up this bike. It just, he dumped it over at the first stoplight. That's did you legal. Forget to tell him put it, did you forget to tell him to put his legs down? Jesus. I mean, the bike like doubled its weight, you know? I don't, that's legal. But yet, you know, I'm against it too. I'm glad that we both are against that. With helmets um, to teach their own. Right. Yeah. Protect I, what's important to you. It, <laughs> you don't have anything so, worth protecting. Yeah. No helmet, but wear a jock cup. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for me. <laughs> we got to end on that one. I don't think we can top that. Okay. Here's the thing about, this is my only shtick with the helmet law. If you, if you're riding in a group and somebody doesn't want to wear a helmet, totally fine. That's on you, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm prepared to see them fall and have their face squished open. That's my only thing is like, I don't want to see you get run over. That's my only get up is in a group ride. It's like, you know, (sighs) just stay back and let somebody else take care of it. Grab a a sweatshirt. Now that we're on uh, rules, laws, and like regulations, what is your take on lane splitting? And you know what? Let me preface. Let me preface. Lane splitting is, from what I understand, it's legal in California. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not 100 miles an hour down the freeway. You're only allowed, and I am i know this isn't accurate, but it's in the right realm. You're allowed to go 10 to 15 miles an hour above moving traffic. And you're not allowed to exceed, I want to say it's like 45 miles per hour. So if traffic is doing 60, you cannot do 75. But if traffic is doing 20, you can do 35 and cruise between them. 
What's your take? So the first time I ran into it, scared the crap out of me. Were you the lane splitter or were you the I was in a the lane split e. I was in a rental car in Los Angeles oh, on the freeway, stand still. <laughs> And had no idea a bike was coming by. Oh, my And went God. by, and I went, and then I, t- I talked to somebody that day. No, it wasn't super fast. Okay. Uh, because we were standstill, and I thought, that's a great idea. So when, that's a great idea there, but when I am going down the freeway in Chicago, and I'm already doing 80, and somebody's splitting the lanes on his rear tire on a 1,000 bike, yeah. and he's only got one Jesus. tire on the ground. Um, I just want to yeah. move, move away. Right. So, For because sure. I don't want to be the guy that has to tell his family that I ran right. him over. Yeah. No, 100%. So, so, so I think lane splitting during slow traffic. When it's, is, le- is, when it's done legal. Is, is pretty cool. Yeah. I think, and for me, I think it, that's incentivizing bike sales. So, so when, so then when I was in LA for the two weeks working, um, then I, I knew about it now. Right. And while I'm sitting in traffic, I'm watching behind me. If I see a headlight coming on my right side, I move to the left side of my lane sure. because I'm a biker. So I give them space. For sure. You know, I, I've never heard of, I've heard people say somebody could open their door. Somebody could throw something out the window. Totally true. But I have never once heard of that happening. That's like the old adage of, uh, you know, Raised in the '80s, a product of the of the '80s, when you go trick or treating, somebody might put a a razor blade in an apple, or somebody's giving, you know, LSD to kids. It's like, okay, first of all, nobody's giving out free drugs, okay, usually. But have you ever? <laughs> usually, usually people aren't giving out free drugs. You might just need to find new friends if they're not. But. I've never heard of some. <laughs> I want to get your laugh track on. You are rolling <laughs> on the ground laughing. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Who the fuck is putting a razor blade in an apple? And uh, NPR did his thing. They show have never showed any signs of anybody putting a razor blade inside of an apple. And we are way the fuck off topic. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> back to handlebars. <laughs> This is so, why so, the show is great. So we explored taller handlebars. Yeah. If you need to go shorter to get more comfortable on a bike, um, if the bike has risers, that's the part that connects the handlebars to the upper part of the triple tree. Right. Um, you could get a shorter riser. And the triple so, tree is, because I think it, it it can be confusing for people, because but the triple tree. It has tree, nothing to do with, with deciduous or evergreen. <laughs> So that's why I couldn't Google it. Okay. No. I just found three trees. <laughs> I think that's is- trademarked. <laughs> so the triple trees, uh, there's a top and a bottom, and that is what's holding the forks in place on the motorcycle. The top one then will usually hold the handlebars in place. On sport bikes, it is not always. But okay. uh, that's what's holding the handlebars in place is the upper triple tree or the clamp to... And the oh. triple comes from the two shocks, or right? Yeah. yeah it's three points of contact. And then so the, two shocks the and middle the st- one pivots the, on the frame. The steering stem. Yep. So when you take it apart, you see three holes and yep. it's forward. Okay. Yep. So, it, okay. So again, you were saying about the riser on the triple tree. So an easy way to shorten the bars if somebody just needs to bring them down a little bit would be to change out a riser. And uh-huh. would you have to change out 
cables and everything? If you're, I mean, if, if we're a, talking if, within reason, right? If it's a small amount. So we, we've had bikes come in um, when they'll put shorter bars on because they're trying to cafe out the bike. Yeah. And they'll have the cables coiled. And they're going, I, I'm not getting what? any throttle response. And they have them zip tied. Uh. I, I wish I was making this up. They'll have them zip tied. They will reroute them around the frame multiple times, and it'll be super hard to pull things. Their, their throttle will Whoa. be sticking. Okay, mine's yeah. not that bad. Now, what I have is I pull on the throttle on my wife's bike, and it doesn't, I have to push back to close the carburetor. So I turned off the gas, you know, in fall on it in winter for storage. Um, but it still is dripping from the carburetor. Gas is dripping because I know the cables aren't right. It's still pulling it open just a little bit. It's flooding it, you know, but it's, it's that's not why it's dripping. Well, <laughs> fuck you then, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, so happy man. I can help you expo explore your emotional limits. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a roller coaster. Should just forward this one right to my therapist. So quick, easy answer is your floats are sticking. So the floats are supposed to stop the fuel flow. Your cables have nothing to do with it. So one more thing that I'm like, because I tried. I going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, Ron's going to have to take a look at these goddamn cables. I don't know why these fucking cables won't get it right. Lots of floats. Okay, but I'm not touching the carburetors, I promise. Thank you. <laughs> say it a little bit louder. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. I didn't want to hurt anybody's eardrum to say it as the way I wanted to say it. <laughs> I should have to, in order for me to ride a bike, I should have to come here and pick it up and ask first. <laughs> so something you may want to do also is get the handlebars a little bit closer to you if, you're, if you have to lean too much forward. So in just daily... Uh, errand running, it may not be a problem, but in long distance riding, uh, say an hour or more, it may get uncomfortable that you're leaning forward. So if you want to come back, there's ways to set the handlebars back, both with risers, oh. with 70s bikes, uh, like uh, the 550. There's actually a clamp that goes right up on top of the triple tree okay. that brings the handlebars back like an inch and a half. Oh, no kidding. Yes, quick bolt on. You know, with I've got arthritis in my neck. Which is why I don't get into rockets anymore. Uh, I rockets. Never, <laughs> I didn't know you were part of NASA. <laughs> I did. Okay, so truth be told, I actually. So you were holding five G's back with your face. <laughs> There's a lot going on over on this side of this table here, Ron. Mm -hmm. I, I, I did. I quit. I had to quit the fire department because fire goes up. And the arthritis in my neck, I'm sitting there staring up, and um, until they can get fire to go down, I, I can't do it anymore. But so I guess even if I was, um, I can't get into rockets anymore, crotch rockets or space rockets because they all go up and my throat. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's a track suit behind you that I'm hopefully going to be buying. And I do want to, and I, I want to explore. So you're gonna short wear distance. that while you're playing Legos. <laughs> you're gonna go really fast and skid out playing Legos. I, I got your, I got your little Lego, um, uh, <laughs> the Lego bathtub motorcyclist. You gotta Google it. Yep. Um, okay, moving on. So to pull them back, yeah. uh, 
A simple way to do it is with risers or a clamp that can go on the risers. Otherwise, uh, with the Springer Softail that we're going to be doing, we're putting handlebars on that bring it back. Okay. And we're going to be exploring, trying to not uh, put cables and wires and do uh, all of that work on the motorcycle. Is knowing if that's something to be done, something somebody can do at home, or is it just better off when you're at that cusp of saying, I don't, I might need new cables or something. Now you're, you should just take it in. Uh, They can do simple things. You could detach your handlebars from your bike, uh, put a point of reference on where if you're at a garage wall, uh, standing the bike up, mark where, put a piece of tape on the wall where your handlebars (gasps) touch the wall. That's a great idea. Now detach your handlebars. For sure. And see how far you can bring them back and still have your throttle respond and have your clutch respond and then mark the place on the wall. And now you know that you should be able to come back about that far. I say should because there's one additional element besides having it come straight back. Now you need to turn (gasps) turn the handlebars. So usually what I say is come back as far as you can and then go forward just maybe an inch and a half okay. to, to give that extra slack that oh you need. Oh, my God. How many people out there have probably take the bike out for the first time and right out of the driveway? I mean, that's you wouldn't see that coming. Yeah, and we've we've had people that come in because they sit and do it. And now they turn a corner and their uh, clutch pull, their clutch disengages because uh, the clutch cable is too tight. Holy shit! Or we've had people cut their wires. Uh, we're, <gasps> we're doing one right now. A guy is going. I don't have any speedometer on my bike. I can't figure out why. And we looked at it. He put taller handlebars on. Okay. And rerouted his wires. <gasps> and there's a stop when the yes. when the handlebars turn. There's a, pinch a stop. Point. Yep. Which he is an ex is an excellent. Let's try this again. Thank you. Is an excellent, excellent severing point. Yeah. So he severed his wires. I would it surprise you if I said uh, when I was eighteen I had a truck. You severed what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no that was when I was thirty nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was eighteen, I had. I'm a, so glad there's no video attached with this. <laughs> I am an open book. You just don't know what fucking page you're going to get. Okay? Every, it's in random And there's order. no glossary. No. There's no glossary. No, I don't know what page I'm going to give to you, but you're going to ask, and here's the answer. So when somebody says, I have something important to tell you, and you're thinking it's going to be like, I just got new shoes, make sure you're sitting. Okay, friends, make sure you're sitting. No other ex- explanations coming with that. So now we're talking about wires. But hang on. Yeah. So I did short story long. I took some speakers, <laughs> which we do very well. Right. Long story short. So I I put the speakers in the back of the truck. I rerouted my speaker wire, and I had to go out through the door jam. So every time you close the door, pinch, pinch, pinch. It's speakers. It's low voltage wire. It can't catch fire. Oh, it it can, and it did, and it. Really, I mean, it started the truck on fire in the driveway, and all I had was snow, so I'm just packing it with snow, and my hands are all cut up because the seatbelt unspooled. Saved the saved it. I was able to save the truck, but it was a speaker wire. I thought for sure it's just not going to work, but there was enough heat 
in the speaker wire. Start the carpet on fire or what? I don't know where it happened. It was, it, I mean, it's somewhere around there. It melted and it just, I dropped off my friend. And I just started going, holy fucking shit, the truck's on fire. <laughs> just. Do, do we have a beep? <laughs> I, I should. It would be a long one. Okay. So, but that's a real thing. I mean, and ever since then, I'm super careful about it. You know, those pinch points are heavily thought at the factory to make sure that they do not happen. Nothing comes loose. But okay, so, so, so when, when you're thinking of changing the handlebars, even before you start, before you unbolt anything, uh, stand the bike up straight up and then look at it, turn your handlebars left, turn your handlebars right and see what the opportunities are going to be for a pitch point. Or if you're turning it already and you see that your cables are tight already, yeah, you, you know you don't need to take anything apart because it's going to be a waste of time. Right, right. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, what's next? Um, so, we were leading into that uh, clutch cable, throttle cables, no bind when um, when you're turning. Okay. One really important thing um, uh, we get, get in getting the old grips off, sometimes you can save old grips, sometimes you can't. Yes. So, in, now that I'm taking bikes apart for you. I have found, I, I'm having so much fun doing it. You know, I mean, I always tell you about that, but um, it's really interesting the way different ones come off. Some of them super easy. Some of them, I I take uh, a little um, heat gun that I use for, um, I'm going to hesitantly tell you that I use it for doing uh, shrink wrap on wire because mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to touch, touch wires. Wire. No, 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 no. Holly's not. You can. The listener can. Holly, nope, not allowed to. Nope. But I take that. It's a perfect diameter. I can put it right in there. It just heats up the internal metal just enough for me to get on it and twist it and then, you know, yank it off. So if it's a rubber grip um, and we're replacing grips and we're not saving anything, we'll just take a razor and cut it and you can peel it off. Okay. If they're uh, uh, a more rigid grip, um, we'll just put Armstrong on it and try and turn it. You might take a pair of uh, uh, channel locks, and once you get it to twist on the handlebars, um, then you have it. Then you can get it off. If they're grips that you want to keep, heating them with a hairdryer or a paint stripper would be good. If they're rubber, be careful uh, that you're not melting it. But what we'll do sometimes also is take an air nozzle, uh, put an air nozzle. Oh, oh look geez. at your face. That was, <laughs> I should have done that. Damn, son of a bitch. Beep, so beep, beep, put, beep. An air, put an air nozzle underneath it, hit it with 120 PSI, and you can float them right off. No kidding. Yep. Do you? So that's just the left side. The right side, the throttle side, will always glide off because it has the throttle tube inside of it. Okay. Do you sell... I always take them off and I always throw them in the containers when I bring bring a bike in, you know, mm-hmm. in pieces. Mm-hmm. Do you sell the used thro- uh, used grips or is it just not? Yeah. So we keep them um, when we're putting bikes together. If it's a bike uh, that sometimes we're missing a grip or. Oh, so yeah, it's so, been downed. So we have boxes of grips downstairs. So now I can repair somebody's bike just by putting, I can go down and look in the box of parts okay. and put a grip on. Um, if I get a real sexy pair of grips that we took off of Harley because somebody doesn't like them, um, we'll put them together and we might have a bike that those are going to look perfect. Yeah. So we'll put them on. Do you know that, um, the way your business operates is the way my mind 
should not operate in that you don't get rid of anything because you might someday need it. And then you end up with so much extra stuff. I've got fire department grade hoses, fire department hoses, and I, I, I've got a, a use for them. It's, why? Get rid of them. Just be done. You can make dog pulls out of them. <gasps> did, you, you know. Why did you tell me that? I was just ready to get rid of them. There's a sewing machine right there that can handle it. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, so you you would. I, I'm surprised that you guys that you can remember that you have all of that. You know, somebody brings in a bike and says something. It's like, oh no, you got to go to the shelf and get a new one. You know, that's over it's, on the shelf. But it's because of the organization. So is, the organization was started when when I came 13 years ago. But engineer by training, uh, I love organization A to Z. Okay. And so now our parts here are in their area. Um, that each manufacturer has a color tag on it. And then sure. the parts are organized from lowest CC to highest CC. And then um, I love Excel, so we run our inventory on Excel spreadsheets. That's really cool. Yeah, so then we can find it easy, too. We can sort with Excel. It does everything we need. That makes sense. So even for a pair of grips, you, you're putting those on there? No. Nope. Oh, so that's just memory. They're, they're in a box. Okay. But they're in a box down there. We just go look. Sure. You know, grips aren't worth the, for sure. the time to inventory them. For sure. Okay. So, so in putting new grips on... There's one big thing, please listen, please, the one big thing to make sure you don't do, and that's when you're putting your grip on your throttle side, um, you don't want to put the glue inside of the, <gasps> the, the grip and then slide it on because inherently what happens is that the glue gets in between the throttle tube and the handlebar. Okay, I and picture we, that. And we've had a ton of people where they put new grips on and then their throttle is sticking. That's because then we have to take everything apart, clean it all apart. I'm happy oh, to do that. Shit. The other thing is when they put their new grip on, they're not paying attention to the distance. So before you put it on with glue, slide it on all the way as okay. far as you can. Either if you have to mark it with a Sharpie. Electric tape. With with anything. Any way that you can to mark it, how far it is gone on all okay. the way. Now, when you put it on with adhesive, and we'll talk about the adhesives in a few minutes, come just short of that mark. Because what the other big thing people do is they push the grip on so hard, the end of the grip <gasps> hits the handlebar, and they can't turn their their throttle sticks. Do you know that this podcast scares me <laughs> to not want to ever touch a motorcycle? <laughs> I'm not getting gas. It's on the side of the road. Ron can go pick it up. I'm done. <laughs> there's a lot of, no pun intended, there's a lot of moving parts, and you just don't think of those. Yep. You really don't think of those because you look at it, and you're thinking, it's not a car. Cars have all these extra, extra moving parts, but a motorcycle, that's my big appeal to them is that it's, it's so personal. It's you and the bike. And, you know, I, I have said so many times trying to explain it to people that it's, I get like that runner's high. When I'm thinking about going on my bike, I am excited about it. If I know you and I are going to go for a ride next week, I'm already thinking about it. In the day of and getting, you know, um, my assless chaps on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that kind of ride was that was a crazy ride come on January in Wisconsin 
No, when you're when you're getting dressed, it's I'm excited about it. And then you get the bike and you get it started. You get down the driveway. You take, you know, you're out of the driveway. It is a huge runner's high. And you don't realize how your I prefer manual cars because I like being part of them. And that's why I like motorcycles too so much. Is you are a part, 100 percent a part of this machine. There are so many moving parts you just don't think of, like the throttle grip space between the bar end. Like, shove it on and you're done. It's, <laughs> fuck it up and you're done. That's. <laughs> so when you're putting the grips on now, you want to put the new grips on. Anyway. <laughs> when you're putting rubber grips on, take and try and slide them on. And if they go on really hard, that's good. You may not need glue. What we do in an instance like that is you're going to sit and fight with it. Uh, and what you're going to end up trying to do is if you don't have anything around, you're not going to pull the leading edge because when you pull the leading edge, it's like the Chinese finger trap. Yes. You're going to make it shorter. Yes. So the diameter uh, shorter. Yep. Yeah. The diameter smaller. Yeah. So um, easy way, put a little spit on it to lube it. Or oh, spit! I think said spin. Yeah, it's no spit. Okay, a little spit on it because it will get absorbed into the rubber. Is that rubber. COVID friendly? Only if it's on your own bike. <laughs> but not silicone. I've I've heard because nope. that will never evaporate. So the, the, what we use in the shop when something fits tight like that because we don't want to spit <laughs> on a customer bike. What are you winking at me for? <laughs> I'm joking. He didn't wink, people. Is we uh, use carb clean. Okay. So you you spray it in the grip, and you have about five seconds to get it on the bike before it evaporates. It evaporates completely. So get it on there really quick, and you can slide it into place anytime. So even that works also when you're putting carbs onto a bike. We spray the carb holders really quick. Okay. And now it will allow the carbs to slip into place and not have to torque on them. What about so. um, heating up? The grip itself, you know, just putting it in front of a heater and that's just getting it wasted time. No, it's no. not. Okay. I mean, you could put the them on the end of your here? fingers what am I and doing look, look kind of cool. <laughs> but the, the the danger is that you're going to warp them, or you oh, you could yeah. melt them. You don't want to do that for sure. So there there is grip glue. Okay. So like when we're putting Kiriakin grips on, um, and this we have no endorsements from Kiriakin. So the Kiriakin style grips, they'll have a metal surround around a softer rubber. Um, so they still have some space when they're going on the handlebar. And then we use grip glue. Okay. So um, and uh, is grip glue? Does it come with the grips? Not always. With Kiriakin, it does, but oh, not, not with all. So for those people that don't, we have grip glue here. Okay. One of the other things you can also use at home, uh, some people will spray hairspray in. Um, we haven't used it here, uh, no but you, you can use rubber cement. Okay. Um, rubber cement will Let's help take up uh, a little bit more space. Uh, the grip glue itself is actually pretty thin. Uh, so if there's a low, so we'll we'll sit and put the grip on first okay. and see how much extra space yeah, there is. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll decide what kind of adhesive to use. And sometimes um, grips just don't want to work good on somebody's bike, and we'll work with them to get a better get a grip so that works better. If for them. somebody was to, because you, I, what what percentage of your business is internet sales? 
compared to out the door, compared to me. <laughs> you mean customers that come in want everything and don't pay? <laughs> is, is that a positive business strategy? Is that in your book? <laughs> When you sell this business someday, when you retire, you're just going to put in there like, fuck Holly, okay? Just do not, if she comes, just just hide behind the desk. So my guys ask me, what is this invoice back here, way back behind the finished bikes? What is this behind the blue piece of paper? I said, well, that's the bikes that have left that haven't paid. And they, and they go, well, we didn't know that's allowed. And I said, it's not. Wow. How does that happen? People I trust. Oh, Tid. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's But sucks. there's So working on it with you, it's a known because right. your bike is huge and I don't <laughs> want it here. <laughs> it's a with year the, all of the sidecar. With the sidecar on it. And be, be, beyond that, we have a relationship yeah. that. I'm not For worried some about it. unknown reason, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you're scratching yeah. your head, like yeah, I because don't I didn't know, know why, why either. Yeah, <laughs> because we're generation I apart. Yeah, yeah. And you admit that you should have voted liberal. So um, <laughs> that's what this is about. Um, oh Christ! What were we talking about? Gluing grips. Pause for editing. Get a grip on it. Um, so if somebody were to call you up and say, "I need." Um, cause again, most of your business has to be internet sales. No, really? Der, well, der, der, okay. Without service. I would uh, think maybe don't worry. I'll remove that long pause. So sitting, thinking through, tr just trying to take a look at it. Probably 30% of our business is internet sales. No shit. Yeah. I would have thought just the opposite. No. So if somebody was to call you up though and they need the grip glue and they need the grips and everything, you're good to go. Yep. Drop ship, good to go, out the yep. door that day probably. Yep. So, so the components of our business are upholstery. Yep. We do custom seats. We sell bikes. Which you can also do other custom seats other than motorcycles. Can you not? I can, but I'm very Don't. selective on those. Okay. It's got to be fun. Fair it's, enough. It's got to be something cool. Okay. So if you came in with a tea bucket and you wanted something cool, I would do that. If you came in with a soccer mom van... <laughs> Maybe if she brought brownies in, I might consider it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't work on soccer mom vans. So. Fair enough. Um, okay, so you've got the fabric, the upholstery. Yeah, so we sell new and used parts through the store. We do service. Uh, and this is all good PSA because not everybody's listening to the last podcast, you know. And then we sell uh, motorcycles themselves. Yeah, so used. You're not affiliated with... Correct. Anyone, no, no new bikes. So then we will look at a bike. Um, I just had, I'm trying to think of what year it was. I know what year it is now. 1973 Harley Sportster. So it had been sitting in a garage for 16 years. That's nice. So we went through, checked. It had good compression. We got it running and then decided we took a look at it and go, we could go through and do the rest of the work. So we did 20% of the work to okay. get the bike running, to prove everything out. And we could do the rest of the bike, but this bike is a unique enough bike that whatever we do, somebody else is going to want for to make sure. it theirs. For so sure. So then we put it up for sale and sold it just as a running bike. The brakes still need to be gone through. But I don't know if somebody wants to put different rims on it because then the brakes need to be gone through uh, when they do that. Yeah. Yeah. I could sit, spend time and steel wool the handlebars, but somebody may want to put 
And 18 inch shape And I think that's really cool too because then somebody like me who's broke as shit can come in and say, I can get this cool bike running. (laughs) I can get this cool bike running. And um, you laugh too quietly sometimes. When I listen back to the podcast, I'm like, Am I talking to myself in there? <laughs> I will be. I need I will to. Be more I, yeah, I need to slide. Get your slider up and down this. But um, you can get the bike. It's in your price range, and then you know, say, hey, I, I do have another seven hundred dollars. I want to throw into this. So just like that, we have a seventy-seven uh, KZ one thousand drag bike, track only drag bike. It's a bright green one. It's a bright green one. Yep. Yep. So yep. I bought that one with one customer in mind. Um, once I secured it, I brought it in. We uh, proved out that it had good compression. It had spark. So we knew the engine that was in it was good. And the gentleman that I bought it from had been running it five years ago. So I felt that it was good and I trusted him. But we set and proved it out. And then the gent came in and his first question was, I love it. How much am I paying for it? But then my next question to him is, we proved it out. We know the engine's good. Uh, We know we have spark. Do you want to take the journey yourself or do you want oh. us to get it ready for the track? And he yeah. said, I want to take the journey myself. That's cool. Yep. So then he bought it. And then a week later. He decided he wanted us to get a track ready. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing that now. But that's that's what it's about. He wanted to secure it. He knew he could secure it at, at the price of that we proved out the engine. We tr- proved out the electronics on for the bike. Sure. And now, so now he has it paid off. Now he wants okay. to take the next step. So on a track, because I'm interested in getting into a track bike. Um, you can use my track bike this summer because I can't ride. Until okay. I can't ride until I want you to say September. that again with a pause, and that's going to be the new theme song coming in. And <laughs> if you could say my name, too, in that. Um, in blood? <laughs> this is, it'll be, hopefully it's not my blood at the end of it. Um for a track bike, you can take any bike on a track, theoretically, but you have to, from what I understand, it's extremely specific that there can't be any glass on it. You have to, you know, you can tape. I've seen people tape off headlights. Um, so that the headlight breaks, it's all held together with the tape. Right. And I kind of look at it like at this point in my life, I'm really excited. And here's the other thing. I'm going to do a little uh, pitch for you guys here. I have been motorcycling for 22 years now, and I have never found my group. I've started motorcycling clubs. Um, I've I joined a local Ducati club. I could never find. I mean, I don't fit in really much anywhere. <laughs> Spit take. Yes. <laughs> oh, you are mean. God, that was good. You are mean. <laughs> so. <laughs> She did that while I was drinking. Um, I couldn't help it. So um, I I really tell people all the time that I felt like I found, you know, um, a chosen family here. You know, that that I feel comfortable here. I'm, you that, guys that know I'm weird that, as fuck. And that means a lot. Yeah, it's I, cool. I mean, sincerely, that means a lot because nice. we don't wear uniforms here. We don't, I don't carry a brand. I've had brands wanted me to sell their new bikes here. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to be their spot. Yeah. I I want to be our spot. That's cool. And I I think I felt that when I first came in, um, if you recall, the first time I came in was with the Ural. The family was in tow and you came out on the trailer and, um, 
Harry at the time, or what, three or four or whatever he was, you know, you're joking around with him, with my kiddo, and it, it's it's the kind of place that's welcoming of whoever. I mean, it's, I've said before, if you haven't listened, I am, oh God, let me see if I can remember everything. Can you remember all these letters? <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> There's not Liberal, enough room on the bumper. Transgender. Vegan. Vegan. vegan hippie. Uh, lesbian. Period. <laughs> dot 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 dot. There's gotta to be, be more. To be continued. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot, and that's not even getting into my hobbies. But it's hard for me to find people that have the no fucks given kind of attitude that you guys have, and it's just a. It's the kind of place where you can come in, and you guys don't. We have something in common. We have two wheels. Right. 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 And that's cool. So. Up until now, I've never, I've always thought, eh, maybe I'll take my old Ducati on the track. Never got into it. I never found a group of people I could go to the track with. So I've never been on the track, but I really want to. So now I'm getting excited to do it. What kind of money would you be in for if somebody said, you know, because I know you can convert anything. Do you want to carry this on to another podcast or do Let's, you want to touch on it right now? I mean, we've got a few minutes. Maybe we can do it. Yeah, let's let's talk about it a little so, bit now for a teaser for the next so, podcast. So, so there's different groups that run track days at different tracks. So you just have to follow their regulations. There will have to be certain things done, like uh, tying up your kickstand so your kickstand can't come down in a turn because that would be extremely hazardous. Oh, taping yeah. o- Taping over the lights. Um, and then when I'm doing that, I just unplug the lights Okay. Uh, so for, for what? Just in case they come. To, f- I don't like the idea of putting tape over them and then having a halogen light underneath heating them up. So I don't want to oh. melt the lens. So I just unplug the lights besides putting the tape over. Sure. Uh, but when you're going and doing a track day, it's different than going out to race. So okay. doing a track day, you can go out with most bikes and just follow their simple regulations. Like your oil filter will have to be wired, secured on. Your oil fill cap will have to be secured on. Your kickstand, which may we'll have go to into be, in the next podcast. Your kickstand may have to be secu- will have to be secured. Okay, and then your lights covered over. Okay, so do you think it's how? I mean, I don't. I guess I'll just say this. Pause for editing. <laughs> how much? Did you sell that bike, or how much about would that drag bike? I mean, that drag bike was ridiculously long. It was super custom built. I mean, so one that is pretty much like it, just sold on. Uh, I was I was tracking it. Just sold for seventy eight hundred bucks. Oh wow! Okay, that was track ready. Okay, and now that again, that's a drag bike. That's yeah. a different. That's a totally different. How fast does something like that go? Uh, eight seconds and a quarter mile. So 170. Jesus. 170 ish. And then, so if somebody like myself wants to get into a track bike, we'll talk about this more, but what about is the cost? I mean, I know we got, you know, the suit, the used suit behind you for a couple hundred bucks. so, so, So the biggest cost is the protective gear. Okay. So you can take the bike that you have and go on the track with it with super simple things. So, um, we've offered it here to people that come in and talk. We've offered to get their bikes track ready. Okay, that's so that, cool. So, so that they can take them up and then educate them a little bit on tire pressure and everything because those are all things that you have to take into account. Uh, tires themselves, 
Um, but you have to have shoes that are boots that are ankle high or above. Okay. Uh, no exposed laces. Uh, protective gauntlets. No gaunt- exposed. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait till the next podcast. I'm gonna. My mind is be- just gonna be. be- because yeah. when when you're oh, yeah. in, when you're going in the corner, your if your sh- shoelaces go in and get caught in the chain and suck your foot in. Jesus. Or uh, even just getting you're snaked. You're going to meet them. Yeah. Just kidding. I mean, none of my, I'll be honest, none of my boots. I Last time I wore laced up boots is when I think I was 18 and I didn't have money for motorcycle boots. But even when, when you're maneuvering your foot around on the bike, um, it could get caught on a for shifter. Sure. It could get caught on a foot peg. For sure. So it's just smart. Uh, good gloves that uh, I think they have to be gauntlet style. Okay. And then a suit, leather suit. So oh, I, I cannot wait for the next podcast. I, I've got a shitty pair of gauntlet gloves and they're just fraying everywhere. And then the helmet. So uh, DOT. Yep. But not, not just DOT needs to be Snell or EU rated. Can it be an expired one? Okay, so why am I asking that? Guess what? I have an expired full face helmet. All of mine are modular. I'm so, like, Let's so, so they're not going to check you, but do you want to trust the most valuable thing on your shoulders to that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just think of just just think of the two little ones that that are relying on you and yeah. answer your own question. Yeah, no, that's that's so I don't totally I don't fair yeah it's if you want to wear it great. So what do you get for? Um, roughly, because my curiosity has peaked, what do you get for the cost? Because I know you, now you, you don't have any track bikes for sale, though. You've got a not, handful not, of them up here. Not right now. We just sold uh, the GSXR 750 that's up there. Super hot bike. I think that's sold for, that's an O2 that's sold for 3400 bucks. And it's all ready to go. <clears throat> Correct. And we made that bike streetable. Because really? Well, so we put headlights and a taillight on it. So that has full track uh, body gear on it. Okay. And we put headlights and a taillight on it so that as we're sitting here working on it, we can run on the freeway at posted speeds. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Stay tuned for the next (laughs) podcast. No, that's perfect. That is the the perfect. I think that 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 should hopefully get us going for next for the yeah. next time. That will actually really be good because guys are going to be people, not guys. Yes, because Thank I've you. had female customers that are interested in the track. One of the things you were talking about before is uh, running and uh, endorphin rush. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, so yeah. when I. When I was running, it took me like five miles to get an endorphin rush. You're so talking about f- like physically running. Actually, like so down the when, road, you're running with shoes. When I ride a motorcycle on the street, I enjoy it, but I don't get an endorphin rush anymore unless I go on the track. Wow. Yeah, because you're a junkie. Once you go and you do it, it's it's so much fun because you don't have to worry about the red and blues. Right. You don't have to worry about a dog, oh you know, God. or leaves or oh my God. or anything going across. Um, when you're just going on track days, you're going out there. You're only competing against yourself because the other people out there, when you're in a turn and you're going on track days, no, no passing in a turn. Okay. So you don't have that threat. Yeah. So, so it's really comfortable. This it's a lot sounds of fun. like motorcycle porn. 
<laughs> it is. Can you see me salivating? <laughs> Both of us are just like, oh, <laughs> if we could be there right now. Yeah, with assless chaps. <laughs> In January in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's right. All cheers to that. Yes. Next time, track time. I think so. That is a perfect ending to the a perfect podcast. All right. We'll we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.